welcome to Fans of the Genre 16 for February 20th, 2017. And probably Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Randy Krieger. And uh, I need an intro still. Um, how's, uh, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Pretty good, huh? Keep it on. Pretty, Keep it on. pretty good. All right. I've uh, been... Podcast over. Yeah. I've been <clears> packing <throat> the past few days. Moving. Oh, where are you? Where are you? Oh. Where, where are you, you moving to? to? Uh, West Seattle. <laughs> cool. Oh. So it's going to be closer to work. It's going to be way cheaper. And uh, I'm going to get a slightly bigger room. And I'm going to actually like get like a streaming set up. And same uh, roommate. That. Yeah, same roommates and stuff? Uh, a little bit of a roommate swap. But um, with Evo and Danny. and um, Cool. And then one of our friends is moving in as the fourth body. New people. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, West Seattle isn't closer to Bellevue. It's uh, right off of I ninety. Yeah, I, I take I ninety. Oh, that's right. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah. actually, I just paid this week my uh toll bill from uh the like four months that I was taking it to work, and oh, uh, yeah, twenty. Thank God I had a good tax return. Oh, bar. Like, yeah, damn. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh. And now I just never need to take the toll bridge. So. Five twenty feels very like futuristically robotic to me i don't know i took it once and was like this is, seems weird because because of the uh because like, of the toll no there's like floating like white spheres in the water or oh, something yeah. i cross 520 every single day on the bus i love it that's cool mm-hmm. yeah no, I, I used to take that every day and it was a really nice like like that part of lake washington for whatever reason is really pretty but uh-huh. it's better than the i-90 part of lake washington oh, God, yeah no. well like <laughs> most of it's mercer island so yeah, yeah. Uh, this is place. a video game. Uh, this is a podcast where we yeah. analyze the videoed game. Um, so let's 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 get into it, right? Um, okay. Um, sink our teeth in. Let's sink our teeth into the videoed game. Uh, let's do it. Do you want to start with topics? Because I don't yeah, have any. Could. Brian, Brian doesn't have any. Yeah, no. let's talk about d- Japanese games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we've like alluded to a few times already now, um, like. Japanese games are like having a pretty serious like uptick right now, like in terms of quality and uh, yeah. kind of just like consciousness in Western game culture. And I've kind of noticed like similar uh, like design decisions in a lot of these games. And I just kind of want to talk to you guys about like when you think of like Japanese video games, like what kind of comes to your mind, like what distinct uh, distinguishes them from Western games, especially now after. Um, like Western games are more prominent where like in the 80s and 90s it was almost all uh, like Japanese and Eastern games yeah when I think of like a Japanese game like or, you know when I'm playing a game and I'm like oh this feels very Japanese uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the graphics like they still seem mm-hmm. really shiny to me a lot of Japanese games yeah. feel really yeah not as like textured and gritty as like what Western people or Western developers are doing now yeah. So like Neo and Ninja Gaiden and uh, like the Final Fantasy games feel really like not like oily because that's really bad, but like even Dark Souls, <laughs> they, they have like like a lot of like glare or yeah. So I, I kind of have yeah. a theory about this. I'm gonna pause it once we kind of okay. air out our interpretations of Japanese game design. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like it's like these a lot of Japanese games seem to like thread or follow this. Um, tightrope where 
they are very serious at one point and then unapologetically goofy at other points. Whereas yeah. when I think of a lot of US <laughs> games, it's either like full on serious, like there, there's no subtlety. There's yeah, there's no subtlety, like, or you're playing a cartoon character who's who's very silly. Like there's no yeah. sort of in between. Right. Um yeah, whenever we get to talk about Yakuza, um I mean yeah. That that that's that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even Neo, like you think it's going one way for a little bit and then you meet a talking cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty great. Um Well it's like a yeah. cat it's a cat spirit that keeps possessing like different cats and yeah. different things. Yeah. Like he possesses you and then then you know Japanese. Yeah. It's really, it's really okay. cool. <laughs> that's how that works. He's like, You're welcome for learning the, the native tongue, like after he just like <laughs> invaded your body. Yeah. Like forgot about that yeah no he, he just like hops into your body and then like pops out he's like you're welcome and you're like what the fuck did you just do to me <laughs> um one of the points that you have in the production doc is that they don't try to hide the like gaminess of, yeah so um video games yeah they don't kind of abstract uh like just the kind of like ui of game design kind of um yeah so uh my like Big example that has like stuck with me since November um, in Final Fantasy 15. Anytime you go get in the car, it pops up a menu that says like, "Oh, like how do you want to drive the car? Do you want to drive yeah. it? Do you mm-hmm. want your friend to drive it? Like, do you want mm-hmm. it to automatically drive? Uh, do you want to drive to a specific point uh, or like a checkpoint on the map?" And like, it's really weird. It doesn't like in Western games. I feel like you would just get in the car and then. And start driving. Uh, yeah, right. and you start driving. And like it always kind of stuck with me like that every time I get in the car I have to like go into a menu, decide how I want to drive, and then Yeah, like it's it's really weird and, and in that game like you can never take the car off of like a road. It's always right. on this like it, like like it's like on rails, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's it's just a, a very weird like the limitations of what you can do and uh like in Yakuza you'll like there'll be like a pathway that like, it looks like you might be able to walk through there, but just there's just a flat wall that like basically mm-hmm. goes all the way down the street. And like Western games, I feel like it'd be a little bit more like object. They'd put sensitive. a rock there or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wall. Or even like, like there's yeah. no like cracks or crevices between. It's just a flat wall that goes all the way down. That's invisible. And like in Western mm-hmm. games, I feel like they try to like have like detail and like layered yeah. there. Like, like, yeah, the environment I'm, to like hide that. Right. I almost think that like for for one like it's not dangerous but it's a little weird to be making like blanket generalities about all Japanese oh, games because yeah and I don't want this to sound like I'm complaining or anything like, totally like I'm, I, I'm actually really enjoying it because I was gonna say like I get the sense that Western developers uh, want to remove any like anything that would get in the way of you just playing the game yeah right. Yeah. Um, and then I can think of ex- examples where Japanese developers do that too. I think Dark Souls is a good example of like a game that just like throws you right into it and expects oh, you to totally. figure it out, you know? Yeah. But like, but when you're thinking of like visual novels or like Final Fantasy with all of its menus and Yakuza has a lot of reading and yeah, like, like the tutorial in Final Fantasy 15 was like notoriously bad, but right. a little bit necessary um, because it has its own like proprietary combat system. Like, like yeah. they do with every iteration, like you need to like kind of get a like, worded explanation of what's happening you can't just kind of throw yourself blindly into it yeah right um yeah that's interesting yeah and like so where i think this comes from and the point i was trying to bring up earlier is that Mm -hmm. i feel like even if it's like subconsciously i feel like western developers are 
kind of like working towards the video games are art kind of argument um, where like they're trying to create these more like more experiences and they're trying to create these like really grand like visual novels and like um, I feel like that is a lot of what Western design is now. Like I look at a game like Firewatch and it's like I there's no way that this would come out of Japan. Like right. It's usually yeah. like a, a seamless experience from like point A to point B, right? Like yeah. even Uncharted, they've they've since found a way to like obstruct loading screens so that mm-hmm. you're just kind of playing the game and experiencing the story without any pauses. Yeah, and it it's kind of reminds me of um, like reading Console Wars, the book that came out yeah. a couple of years ago about Sega and Nintendo's like business rivalry in the '90s. Um, mm-hmm. Like they bring in. Um, Tom Kolinsky, I think is his name. And he was a um, like VP at Mattel. And like he came in, he brought this kind of like toy industry vibe to like the games market. And I, I feel like that is a little bit what Japan is. We're like, oh no, we're kind of making toys. So like they're not yeah, trying to like create right. these levels of, of abstraction. Like, no, like this is a video game. This is a toy. Like enjoy it, fun. have yeah. fun. And I feel Lots. like Western game design is like, no, we're trying to make these grand epics. We're trying to like be on the level of like they're, they're trying to make more like entertainment media properties like like a movie yeah. or something like that and i feel like that's kind of might be the root of what creates this kind of separation i wonder like uh, like in in the 80s and 90s i feel like games for the western audiences were still seen as toys and then as oh, like yeah. those those players grew up like the industry shifted I, to start advertising them as media and entertainment properties. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I think at like at most within the last like 13 years, but yeah. like that, like this trend has really started to come on. That's um, really interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it's just kind of this thought that I had like, yeah, like I'm, cause all I'm playing right now is Japanese games and it's kind of, it's a little foreign to like what I'm used to playing. Cause I usually play a lot of like indies, the Japanese games, I usually play Nintendo games. And I feel like they like, what, like I feel like their success has largely been like the, perfect balance of those two worlds of like Mm -hmm. we're creating toys but we're also making these like really great profound like experiences yeah Yeah. and i think if you compare how nintendo for example has shigeru miyamoto come out and talk about how zelda or Star Fox or mario is supposed to be fun and and like just really like engaging whereas when you have phil spencer on stage talking about quantum break or crackdown and and they bring out like a life-size prop and it's like yeah. Yeah, and, and it it gets it gets a little much. It's like technical specs and yeah. like yeah. blowing away the market and or yeah, you have Neil Druckmann come out and it's like this very dramatic portrayal of like what Uncharted and Last of Us are. Yeah. And like with the pit orchestra going. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I and that that kind of goes to like my how I felt about like Nintendo for the past ten or so years where it's like it's like no, like 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 this is a totally valid like intention for games as well. Like it doesn't need mm-hmm. to be like these grand art. Like I, I think that Nintendo makes, I, I think they kind of go in trying to make a toy a lot of the times, like especially with like newer IPs, like with Zelda, like they're like, they're going for that grand experience. Right. Um, and like with, with, with their games, you, you always hear that they start developing systems first and then they build things around it. So they're trying yeah. to make the most fun yeah. thing they can before they add other stuff. Well, um, a lot of their original developers um, were like toy creators. I'm trying to think of his name. I'm looking it up now. The guy that made Metroid, uh, Gunpei, mm. Gunpei Yokoi. He 
was a toy developer for Nintendo before, um, maybe not before they got into video games, but like right in, in the eighties, he like yeah. was in like the toy division at Nintendo. Then they brought him over and he made Metroid. Um, so like, like they, yeah, they have like toys inherently in, in their history as a company. Yeah. Like, like while they were being like a card and game company, they were also like largely into toys in like the sixties, seventies and eighties. So, yeah. um, yeah, like I, I feel like they re, like they've kind of struck a balance, and like we're seeing this side of the games industry that hasn't been prominent in fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Like, like Yakuza was a PS2 series, and it it feels very much like a PS2 series still. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I kind of get those vibes from also like Final Fantasy, um, Kingdom Hearts. Like Kingdom Hearts yeah. is um, a little bit different because like you can still run around and hit stuff with your sword. Um, like we were talking about um, this kind of pedestrian uh, and combat mechanics that are like, like there's only one or the other, like in Yakuza mm-hmm. you're, you're walking around and then some guys come up to you and want to fight you. And then it like has a scene transition and then you're in a totally different um, like series of game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really kind of segment the, <clears throat> the game into different portions where I feel like, like in fallout, like the, comes to mind where it's like no you just like walk around and like your combat is right there like you don't right, yeah. in, enter into combat um and, and I, by it, and large you're like doing the same thing from point a to point b like yeah. there's no for variation in like yeah and, and a big part of it might be that direction like action games over here are like just action games and like yakuza's a lot of things um mm-hmm. like and that's just the mind that or the example that comes to mind because that's what i've been playing nonstop for the past week and a half Kingdom Hearts as well. If it's that. Yeah, yeah. The gummy but, ship and the thousand acre wood oh, yeah. or hundred acre wood and all that stuff. Um, Lots of mini games. And so I forgot to ask you guys about this beforehand to come up with an idea, but like my f- favorite, like kind of example of like a really weird, like mechanic that's thrown in there for like a second, like, like the gummy ship, like it's was in there for one game. Like you only did it like a handful of times. Um, like my favorite example of this, like they put in an entire mechanic for a thing that used like once and then it was gone forever was uh, the motorcycle scene in Final Fantasy seven. Oh, dude. Yeah. Whereas it's like, I just remember playing that as a kid. It just comes out of nowhere. It's like, wait, why the fuck am I on a motorcycle right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, that was cool. Yeah. No, it was amazing. And like, I really want to reiterate that. Like, it feels like, I feel like we're saying a lot of these things in a negative way. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it's really more of a like foreign curiosity because like we don't play a lot of these games and they haven't been quite as prolific as they are right now in some time. Um, yeah, it's just sort of reminding us what a Japanese game looks like. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel God, like and I, yeah. I seriously hope that this keeps up because mm-hmm. it's awesome. Like it's, a lot of these games are very well written. Like Yakuza is one of the like most Im- impeccably like scripted games I've ever played. And and especially like going through localization, like yeah, both the original like and honestly, there are times where I'm like, okay, this has to be like the American localization team just kind of going crazy, right? And then like, no, like there's like animations and things that are like corresponding with what you're saying. It's like I can't believe that I'm fucking playing this right now. Shout out to localizers for all that shit that they get on the internet from people that get mad. By the way, because they do a great job for like one line in a game that has probably like thousands of pages of script. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They really cornered the market right now in January with all of these games. Yeah. I mean, really starting in December with The Last Guardian and then and then just continuing on. Yeah. I think the next big release is going to be Persona. 
Uh, the next uh, big like Japanese one, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um well uh I mean, Zelda. if you ignored Nintendo to some extent, yeah, yeah, but you can't at the um, same time. So, and yeah. also on the script thing, uh, I just want to give a shout out to George, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they finished the script for Sonder, and oh, oh yeah, like I, I talked to a couple of those guys, and like they are so relieved. It's uh, five hundred pages, I think. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they've got like a printed out, like binded script and. It, you could like club a child with it. I love it. Um, not awesome. that part, but yeah, a hundred thousand words, 500 pages. Wow. Um, yeah. So shout out to those guys. Um, yeah. Just script writers in general, look, localizers. Thank you for giving, like letting us play and understand the games that are yeah. awesome. that come out from Japan. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do I have on this? Um, that's about it. I just kind of wanted to like give a shout out to like games that are just crafted in a way that um, that we don't see. Like I mm-hmm. have a very like um, I have a very small understanding of coding. Like I've taken a few classes and I understand a lot of like how systems work, but I could never actually go in and like write anything of substance. And I feel like a lot of these games um, they don't try to like hide those systems, and it's actually mm-hmm. kind of refreshing because I kind of like get an idea of how things work like just with my basic kind of knowledge of um of coding and programming and like it makes yeah. me feel like oh like this is like in a way that like kind of makes me want to try it is like i could like i couldn't make yakuza or final fantasy or anything like that but it's like oh like i see these systems and how they work and i could see how i could make that yeah absolutely. and it's, it's actually yeah. like really nice and refreshing like um yeah yeah i, I think just from my playing these or and experiencing these Japanese games the last couple of weeks, like it just reminds me of being a kid and playing games because they all Absolutely. Sort of feel yeah. There's certain things about Japanese game design that haven't changed since the '90s. Yeah, and it's no, all it, that it, we've been talking about. But it just reminds me of like playing Final Fantasy games and Chrono yeah. Trigger and even Pokemon. You know, like there's yeah. there's things about all these games that make me feel like a kid again. Well, yeah, and, like, like it's cool. We we haven't had a stretch like this in a while. Like it yeah. used to be like every good like almost every good video game came from Japan. Yeah. And now like outside of a few of the big ones, like a lot of people get excited about Dark Souls. A lot of people were really excited about uh Final Fantasy. Yeah. And yeah, and then with Square showing off Final Fantasy seven remake and Kingdom Hearts three a little bit the other day, like every, like it's really like nostalgic for me to like see everyone excited about like Japanese video games in a way that like um, it's really refreshing right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I, part of it's just seeing people excited and happy about things right now. Right. Uh, but yeah, and it's, like it's cool. By no means do any of us like are we be all end all experts of Japanese oh, game no. development. So if any no. of you can think of anything, anyone who's listening, feel free to to tweet at us and let us know, and we can definitely talk more about yeah uh, mm. anything that we missed because you know it's you know it's weird. It. What's up? I I don't think of resident evil as a japanese series but it totally uh, is i i didn't until i got to like my first like lion's head key or whatever yeah. like oh, that's right you a, mentioned that seven. last week yeah like yeah yeah i was like oh this just feels like a fucking terrifying western horror game and then i got to uh like one of those just really dumb items yeah. i was like oh no this is this is still resident evil good you gotta do yeah. like the light puzzles where you have to like yeah shape or like move the objects so that it makes the right silhouette yeah no and, hmm. and that was my favorite part about Resident Evil 7. What, what little I played of it. 
speaking of Japanese games, uh, I played some Neo. I played a lot of Neo, yeah. actually. Um, How hard Neo, is it? It's pretty pretty hard. Um, yeah. Neo is the latest game from Team Ninja, who has made a bunch of uh, games in the Ninja Gaiden series. And that is a series that kind of peaked around like 2 or uh, Ninja Gaiden Black. Um, and it's sort of since... Um, failed to like capture the spirit of what people liked about those games in the yeah. subsequent releases. Um, so everyone's really surprised that Neo turned out as good as it did. And it's uh, impossible to talk about Neo without talking about like um, Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne that came before it because it, it apes its mechanics and like one-to-one gameplay. Um, pretty like it's, it plays pretty much exactly the same, but there are, there are differences. I've, I've actually been really, really enjoying it though. Um, seems really cool. So yeah, no, it it's uh, go ahead, Brian. No, I'm trying to form a question actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I I've played a little bit of it, not nearly as much as Rhodes has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it's. It, I, I'm I'm trying to decide if it's more Bloodborne, Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I play it the same way that I play all those games. Like I'm playing a, a dex build with Me too. like, um, like very light on magic and um. Mm-hmm. I suppose actually probably the so you have like the majority of your skills are samurai skills right. and then there's also ninja skills which are like so far what I've gotten are like ninja stars and um, kunai yeah and, like like power pills and stuff yeah and then power pills I forget what they call the magic <laughs> but then there's also some magic that you can use too and um, yeah and I, I'll say that like if you do a dex build with the kusuragama um weapon you're actually going to be getting more ninja points than you do samurai points oh cool just in my experience so it's it's changed the way that i play these games because i i'm pretty item light in dark souls and bloodborne too like i don't like me using too. modifications i just like the weapons that i have um but it's forced me to use uh the skills you get as a ninja which is really great because actually they refresh every time that you pray at a shrine so it's like it, it's yeah effectively unlimited <clears throat> it's limited based on your playthrough but like um but yeah, I guess we should save a little bit more about like uh, how how it works because like it like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you you start a mission and you uh, collect currency. And this game is called Amrita through different encounters with uh, with enemies and bosses, and then you use that currency to level up and build a character, like we were saying. Um, but if you die, you lose that currency and you have to return to where you died to get it back, or else it's gone for good. Which is a pain in the ass. But Which is yeah, a part of the ass, game. But it, it's part of the game. Um, yeah, and, and that's, risk and reward system because like you could either keep pushing to get more money, or if you feel like you've got enough to go back to a shrine and level up, you might want to like consider retreating a little bit so you can grind. And it's a it's a it's a fun loop. Yeah, do the no, enemies respawn like they do in Dark Souls. Yeah, every time you pray, they they respawn into the area. Gotcha. Yeah, there, there are, and this is true in Dark Souls too. There are like right. some like semi permanent em- uh, enemies where like. Right. Uh, Yep. Yeah, it's like it's not like a boss battle, but it's like a a big enemy that might um, be gone. Like, yeah. So like in the game, you'll be wandering through a mission, and you'll see a cloud of they call it yokai, uh, yokai mist or something like that. Yokai it's, watch. It, yeah, it's yeah. it. You see a yokai watch, and you have to like walk near it, and then an enemy appears, and then you defeat it, and then once that is defeated, that won't that one won't show up again um, until you restart the mission like entirely. Uh, yeah, so, um, like we were saying, like it plays almost exactly the same as Dark Souls and Bloodborne, but I, uh, I do 
find myself wondering what it is about these games that I like because because uh, it's I'm really realizing... frustrating and you'll hate it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, where I sort of assumed that like everything, well, hmm. everything was frustrating and horrible. No, I I just miss in Dark Souls like the at least in one three in Bloodborne. I haven't played much of two. Um, the world is like very connected. Yes. And <clears throat> like you can spend actually have I've I've written it down. <clears throat> in, in like in Bloodborne, you start off in this like dilapidated, dark, wet city with a bunch of werewolves and monsters trying to kill you. And then you you power through that and then you get to the cathedral ward where like there's towering churches and, mm. and like windy alleyways. And then you go through the forbidden woods and after like hours of battling these like poisonous creatures and like weird shitty giants and all this stuff like you find a ladder at the end of a cave and for me i'm always like low on health and i'm like i'm deciding that like fighting isn't the way to do it so i'm retreating and like that ladder is like the last bastion of hope and you climb that ladder and then you end up at the very beginning of the game or like the starting area of the yeah, game yeah you've unlocked a shortcut after right yeah a long and, progression and, and neo has shortcuts but but neo is a mission based on, a, on game. a much smaller scale yeah like and by mission based, I mean like once you beat a boss, you're taken out to a an overworld map where you get yeah. to select which mission you go to next. It's not connected at all, and like the shortcuts are obvious to me. Like I'm always surprised by Dark Souls and Bloodborne when I like I stumble into an area that I'm like, this looks familiar, and it's like, oh wait, I was here four hours ago. Yeah. Or, yeah, um, I've had that recently but like, too. But like yeah. in 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 Neo, you'll you'll like you'll walk past a door that's locked, and you're like, okay, uh, I know that in a little bit I'll be able to unlock that door. Yeah, in the um, next five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, um, but but I think that um, there's significantly more missions. You know, uh, I I haven't. I'm only like on the second island. There, I think there's four or five islands. Um, uh, it's it's nice to have something a little bit more objective based because in Dark Souls it's basically like okay, I'm trying to find the boss and kick his ass. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, running around like, blindly. Yeah, no, right. that that's really what it is. And um, in Dark Souls you have a little like radar up in the corner and it always has your objective like at least the direction of the objective um, in neo you mean yeah in yeah neo. in neo not dark um, yeah so where like, is that thing <laughs> um, yeah and i i really didn't like it once i got pulled up to the uh overworld and then i went and did a side mission that took place in the same uh yeah arena as the first mission mm-hmm. and like it was actually like a little bit cool because uh the the point of the mission is to get to this port Right. Um, on the other side of the map, and then since you're going back to this place to do this mission, you arrive at the port, so you arrive at the end yeah. of the level. And, yeah. I, and I thought that was really neat. And then like the story missions at night and the side missions in the day, so you're actually getting like a totally different perspective. Right. And I, and I got to appreciate the um, level design a bit more, but just in general, the level design is nowhere near what Dark Souls is. Like everything is so brilliantly like mapped out and choreographed. Um, it just doesn't feel like I'm in a one big world and i guess that's true and not true because each level feels really similar in neo to me yeah. like yeah uh, it does. i played i've played maybe five or six main missions and they're all dark they're all either in a cave or by a canyon or it's raining and uh i i just sort of miss like the environmental variety of soulborn yeah. games because like um, right like i i miss being in a cave in Dark Souls and then like reaching a part where it goes outside and you just have this and vast the, expanse of like you can and then see you it, praise like, the sun 
and you praise the sun praise and you see like a city off in the distance and you know that eventually you'll be able to go there right or yeah. like it just there's something um no absolutely like uh yeah so the, the i think first like tutorial area of dark souls one um yeah like in the distance like it, it's totally segmented from the rest of the of the game like it's it's its own little uh section and then you get it's like a giant like raven flies mm-hmm. you to the rest of the map and like and you can see what like yeah the, the world of the game like off in the distance and then that raven like flies you to it um and then yeah. there's something about that the first time i played is like holy shit like this game is just incredible um yeah and i feel like neo comes short both in that kind of like macro sense of like them crafting a world but also in just the like individual like per foot design of the game i also just feel like isn't nearly as good as level design in dark souls like yeah i feel like everything isn't staged as well yeah like, but it, at the same time though like i'm find myself super into it like i don't want to stop oh, playing no like i'm i i love neo if it weren't for yakuza being so yeah. fucking phenomenal i would be so deep into neo right now but <laughs> Um, hey, I use shields all the time in Dark Souls. Are there shields in Neo? Nope. No. Fuck. So in that way, it's a little bit more like Bloodborne yeah. because Bloodborne um, had a ranged weapon and your your primary melee yeah, weapon. Yeah, and honestly, the biggest mistake people make in Dark Souls is trying to go without a shield. Like, the shield is a very important part of Dark Souls. Yeah. I'm learning um, that very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but to be fair, uh, Dark Souls is set in a totally fictional fantasy world. Right. So they can kind of craft whatever the fuck they want. And Neo is set during feudal Japan. And so That's they the have other, to stay yeah, true to, yeah. So like just, they have to stay true to like the topography and, uh, right. of what Japan is like, especially in, in the 1800s, I think is where it's set. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other key difference is like, you're not playing, you're playing as a written character named William yeah. or, or Lord Anjin. Those, those Japanese always whitewashing their characters. Seriously. I guess uh, this is based on like yeah, actual mythology, though. Yeah, you're no, like you're a Scottish you're, dude. Yeah, you're in, you're an English sailor who, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, had like a guardian spirit that like was like attracted him to like these like magical stones and mm-hmm. um, like England is like going to like invade Japan to try to get these magic stones and like you basically go back as like a one man army to stop uh, them, to stop that from happening. Um, yeah, no, yeah. like was that a fake uh, outrage or was that an actual thing? People were like. Oh, I hey, think it was like, all fake. Okay, like I'm, I'm sure there was somebody who was like, "Ugh!" Like there they go. Like, yeah, because it comes out at the same time as the Great Wall, the movie with. <laughs> it's weird uh, timing, right? With Matt Matt Damon saving the Great Wall of China from <laughs> yeah monsters. Uh, right. So like it's yeah it is just a I think that's what it is like it's a little too close to that movie coming out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's this game is entirely made by a Japanese studio. So yeah, um, but. Uh, no, it, it's it's really good, and I actually really like the story. Um, the story is told in a much more direct and traditional manner. Yeah, um, we're, we're, yeah. Dark Souls is told through like item descriptions in your mm-hmm. inventory, right? And I only have like like long swords and like axes right now. Oh, but but you did just get a a really good sword though, didn't you? I did get the Drake sword. Yeah, which we'll um, we'll get to Dark Souls watch, but yeah. And the other thing that I'm that I'm realizing is like with, with dark souls, you don't unlock abilities as you go on. Like you might get a spell that helps you out. Yeah. That, that, that's like, the thing that's really kind of tripping me up about Neo right now. C- right, coming like, from a dark souls fan perspective. Right. Like the controls for dark souls are like, you, you can always parry from the very beginning, 
but um, in Neo, you have to learn, you have to like unlock parrying. Oh, really? And, and other um, blocking mechanics and, and other combos. Yeah, I, um, so I'm using the dual swords and uh, the axe as my proficient weapons, and mm-hmm. with the axe, you have to choose like whether you want a like circular sweeping attack as your mm-hmm. hold triangle attack, or if you want it to be like a big like kind of smashing hammer attack. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing to me right now?" Like, yeah. like this yeah. isn't right. Right. Like, there's it's, so it's, it's, there's so many more options for combat play. Yeah, in, and and, in and that Neo. comes from them being the makers of like Ninja Gaiden. Like, yeah, and cool. I, I'd say honestly, I think like I find myself. Ugh, I don't know. I think like the combat I, might be a little bit better than in than Dark Souls. It's a little bit less like frame so dependent. Like yeah, like it it's is. Uh, um, it's more of an like an action adventure game than Dark Souls is. Yeah. Like Dark Souls is a kind of like is a, a very like strict yeah. action game, and this is a little bit more loose in terms of like what you can like your abilities. Right. Like, but like, it is dar- still all about managing stamina. Yeah, which is cool. oh yeah, like but yeah. So I, I think. Dark Souls kind of constricts a little bit what you can do, and mm-hmm. Neo is a little bit more um, interpretive of what you yeah. can do. Like it allows you to do a little bit more and be a little bit more uh, creative and versatile with your abilities. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but but I, yeah. I really like it. Um, the I the miss, setting is different. I, I'm not yeah. in lo- I'm not in love with it, but I'm intrigued by it, and I am enjoying it. Yeah, I guess just to wrap up thoughts on Neo is like. I miss being in a dark forest or something in Dark Souls and not really sure that I'm going the right direction and there's like infinite dogs attacking you and you don't know where they're coming from. No. And then oh you finally gosh. break through and you find a shrine or a, a bonfire. Is that they call it? In that Dark was Souls. me last night. Right? Yeah. But was... like but like in Neo, I'm like, I'm never lost. I know exactly where I'm going. Exactly. And I guess that lets me like focus in on getting good at combat and yeah. like No, a, a lot of Dark Souls is isolationism. Yeah, and I, I, like, I kind of miss that. I think that's actually a really big part of these games that I like. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, like that's why Super Metroid was like so intense as a child. Like, like you totally felt like alone. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you're on a completely alien world. Everything there wants to kill you, and like it's terrifying. And like, and that's why like whenever you do run into people in Dark Souls or you run into like even just like signs of life, it's like yeah. very like soothing and refreshing. I don't know. The NPCs are just seem so disinterested in me entirely that like it adds yeah. to that feeling of like loneliness. Yeah. So for, I love for it. me in, so like they get better about it. Like dark souls three, you'll run into other, um, uh, what are they called? NPCs? No, no. Like the actual, like what your guy is called in dark souls, not like the ashen one, but, um, Oh, uh, like the, the undead, whatever they are. Yeah. The hollow hollows yeah like these other hollows that you run into and like um specifically the onion knight Mm -hmm. um we're like like because you actually um get like companions like you can um there are there are npcs that you can summon in your world for like different boss battles Mm -hmm. so and a lot of it is like discovery and um i think if you start playing with the wiki you'll know to like where those people are and that'll kind of help with uh like kind of like like these moments of like reprieve where you're like oh shit I'm not alone. Um, uh, I'm gonna totally play through this play through this game with not enough of a guide and like it's gonna be hard as hell and then I'm gonna realize yeah. I could have done it a lot easier. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, and everyone talks about like what makes Dark Souls great, and I guess we're in Dark Souls Watch now. 
um, is uh, seventeen. Is whenever the games first come out and like there's there is no wiki guide. It's like everyone's like pulling all this knowledge together. Yeah, and yet those are the same people who are like, oh no no, but but don't play with the wiki. Right, but like the people right. who are like dependent upon each other and like this community, it's like no, like it, you're still part of the community. Like you, you just weren't in on the initial throes of it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely like less of a neo online. I mean, I'm sure there is. I haven't looked yeah. that hard, but like no one's talking about secrets in neo the way they are about Dark Souls. Oh yeah, no. Like the only thing that I can think of are the Kodomas that are hidden around that. Like, yeah. I hate that I miss some. Like, it, I'm yeah. actually getting really bad about it. Like, fuck, I need to go back to that first level so I can find all the Kodomas. Yeah. Um, um, we've, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there is much to say about Neo. I, I, yeah. I'm going to keep playing it, obviously. I love it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I say we just yeah. continue on with Dark Souls and make Dark Souls watch just Brian's, what he's played. Yeah. It, it pretty much what, is what it is. Uh, I will okay. say there's a Neo subreddit, and I'll bet you on there, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists, so... Yeah, I'll check it out right now. If you want to actually read it, go on Reddit. You could go on Reddit. But I have been playing Dark Souls. Um, I was uh, taking a hiatus for a little bit, not really feeling very interested in playing. But a couple weeks ago, I did have a friend come over who got to where I was and further within like three hours compared to what took me basically weeks to get to, which was a little disheartening. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, his character's name was Greasy Steve, and uh, <laughs> it was a bandit. So I decided to start a character over because I was foolishly playing a hunter with a uh, with a Drake sword, and I felt kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that'll happen. Yeah. Um, so I switched to a warrior and uh, started over today. But the the real or not today, yesterday actually. Um, but the real big thing that I think changed the gameplay entirely is that I ch- checked out DS fix, which is oh. a, it's a, it's a mod slash unofficial patch for dark souls one um, on the PC because the game was originally built for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation three with no intention of coming to PC. Yeah. It's However, a six, seven year old game. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the developers put out a petition to say, do you all actually want to play this on PC? Uh, <laughs> and there was the overwhelming support for that. So they yeah. Yeah. they sort of haphazardly learned how to port a console game and make it set up for the PC, but it came out a little broken and yeah, prepare to die edition's not great, kind of bad. Yeah, completely playable to be to be really honest. Like it it plays just fine, but it's locked at thirty frames per second, and the resolution is yeah is locked in, in a game where frame rate is like essential. Mm-hmm. Do they play at sixty frame on in Dark Souls two and three? I believe so, so. On console, Dark Souls two is sixty frames per second, but um, Dark Souls three is thirty. Interesting. It's bizarre. And, and I never had issue, but like, yeah, it's very pretty and it's really stable. Like, it, I never yeah. noticed any dips in frame rate. Like for like three or two, three. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and so like, and that. Like that, that's a weird thing. Going back to Neo for a hot second, um, it asks you yeah. like whether you want to play at like a steady frame rate or a steady resolution. Um, and yeah, like if you play with the steady resolution and then the frame rate changes, uh, it's un- like almost unplayable. It's so so tough in a game that like yeah. requires precision and right. Um, like each frame matters in terms of like whether you hit or they hit. Yeah, Brian. Did so you 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 told us last night that you hacked Dark Souls to get it to play at sixty. Well, yeah, so I installed this DS fix patch and right. it 
it uh, gets it sets the game at sixty frames. Actually, mm-hmm. it unlocks the frame rate just about entirely, and so I had to, to turn my computer's vertical sync on, oh, which okay. which matches the frame rate of, of of anything to the refresh rate of my monitor. Basically, oh. you want those those to match, and my monitor yeah. refreshes at sixty hertz, and so it can play games to at sixty frames per second. Okay. If a game is running at uh, a higher frame rate than your monitor can refresh, you get what's called screen tearing, right? Where where the screen distorts and it looks kind of bad. So I got that going. I unlocked the uh, resolution to 1080p, so it looks a lot better. Um, and I I pumped up all of the like draw distance and like yeah. fog and all of that, all of these cool visual effects that That's awesome. were were unnecessarily locked. And they were telling me like, "Oh, only do this if your computer's really, really powerful." But it's like, this game came out what, like six years ago, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, that reminds me now. of like, that reminds me of like, a, I was listening to a show maybe, maybe around two or th- or one. I can't remember. It might have been around one because like the game was broken when it came out. Uh-huh. But I think some people before DS Fix came out unlocked the frame rates, and because Dark Souls is so frame dependent. Yeah, uh, you were doing half damage at sixty frames per second um, that you were at thirty somehow. That's weird. Like, the game was like twice as hard. <laughs> uh, I can't remember all the math behind it, but it actually might have been from official release. Um, didn't account for people playing it at, at sixty. They, it um, didn't, and I have an example yeah. of that too. Um, you can't slide down ladders in. Dark Souls with the 60 frames on because you will actually clip through the world. Whoa. Weird. Yeah. It's I, I think Skyrim also had a very frame rate dependent engine as well. Yeah. It, if you if you pump, have made the game play beyond 60 frames per second, it would like speed up time or something and make everything really difficult and and wacky. Right. Huh. So yeah, I it, it was like avoid sliding down ladders, and I was like, I wonder why. And then I was in Undeadburg, and I don't know if you remember the specific place where there are three guys throwing fire bombs at you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, on the rooftop. If I if you, I slid down that ladder and I clipped right under right through the building, and I ended up on the first floor where there were two enemies still in in the room below me. It was scary. That, that yeah, sounds okay. like how my No Man's Sky playthrough ended. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, One I. More. So I, I I came to an outpost that was like on this uh like really tall plateau. Um, and I came down, landed right at like the base of it, like right along the corner uh-huh. and like, like up against the wall of it. And my ship door opened. I hopped out and like my ship door put me on the other side of the wall. So I clipped through the earth and I, like, I didn't have any grenades to break through ground or anything. So I was just stuck. Uh-huh. Um, and it was on a planet that had like an extra resource for me to manage. And I was just like, Okay, no, I'm like my last save was I, so I tried getting out and it has like two auto saves that it does. Um, like just No Man's Sky does that all the time. Yeah. And like the first one was me getting out of my ship and then another one happened like during me trying to like escape. So I m- my last play or my last save was like four hours prior and I'm like, nope, I was already like fed up with this game. So I, I yeah, I I, found I'm, the... I'm, I'm still salty about that, about yeah. that game. <laughs> I found the thread that I was talking about with the 60 frames per second being broken. It was for Dark Souls 2, and uh-huh. one of the problems was your weapon durability degrades twice as fast whenever you hit a corpse or the ground oh. in 60 frames per second. Oh, God. And there's an explanation. So the game is using uh, time, um, and that's directly t- 
tied to the frame rate. So say your weapon is stuck in a corpse for one real-time second. At 30 frames per second, the weapon takes 30 points of durability damage. But at 60, the weapon oh, takes 60 points. Okay. This is it's just bad coding, basically. Yeah. Um, and then there's oh. another... Uh, there's three more things that happened. <laughs> um, difficulty executing jumping attack and guard break with certain controllers. And there's no explanation for that. Um, but this also makes sense. I think the game is just coded that your invincibility frames when you dodge, you know, like because if in Dark Souls, if you dodge, like you're invincible for a little bit, yeah, um, no matter yeah. what hits you. Um, at 60 frames per second for Dark Souls 2, when it first came out, they were halved, so you'd oh, dodge gosh. and you'd be invincible for far less time than you would normally. And then for certain animations from monsters are sped up, um, in 60 yeah. frames per second. So, oh god, that I can just so, imagine a, like a few enemies that are particularly terrifying if they were like they're moving twice, twice as fast. As fast. Yeah. yeah, like a spider or something. Like fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Quick yeah, question: sure. What's up? If my weapon is at risk of breaking and it actually breaks, do I lose it forever? Um, uh, I think you can repair it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, I know I can repair it, but like, I, I know you can in, in three. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember one. I haven't played that since like 2012. Cool. I don't even know where to. Go and um, one to There's a blacksmith. <laughs> okay, then yeah, at the blacksmith. I've, I've, I've repaired uh, it. I was just like scared that I was gonna like break my Drake sword. No, forever. no, it's just really expensive. Yeah, it just gets more expensive to repair it. Yeah, that's um, all. So you're and you're like crushing boxes by like dashing through them, right? Yeah. Okay, I told good. Brian to do that. He wasn't. He was like attacking them, and I was like, "No, you got to roll through them, dude." Okay, I, I I assumed that at this point he knew, but it was one of those things that like if he's been doing this, I'm gonna just go, go fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's like, a stream where I learn on the FOTG Facebook. Yeah, yeah no, I, I was asked why I was like rolling through boxes on Neo instead of just like <laughs> busting him up. And I was like, why not? Yeah, I was like, uh, no, I was like, and just like destroy my weapon. Like I, I just had like the most like, like, obviously it's because of this. Excuse um, me? Yeah, but I, I just, I needed to know. Um, yeah. And also uh, in my packing for moving, I remembered that I have a Steam link. Uh, oh weird oh so yeah i i got one of those i think it was on like a black friday or cyber monday sale or whatever um yeah but uh and i have because dark souls was like four bucks during the holiday sale last year Mm -hmm. um so i I have those and i might actually um because brian always gives a shit for having max but my um i have mine boot camped there we go so i might pick up and it's dark souls an imac too right so it's like a big beefy boy yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't give you guys shit. I just realize you will learn <laughs> the truth at some point. <laughs> no. I, yeah. No, I, I like just I just like picking on you, Brian. Yeah. I'm here you're, to you're, educate you're, you're you. You're PC gaming. I'm here to educate you. Oh, you just about the master race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> Mikey, um, Yakuza talked okay. a little bit about it. Do you have anything so prepared? I've, <laughs> I've been waiting so fucking patiently to talk I've about been. this game. <laughs> that, that doesn't even work that's not even the right words like you got half of that wrong i don't know what you're talking about you said <laughs> i've been it's it's been mm, i think you're wow been. explain the joke mikey it, it, it's it's the song <laughs> it's been two weeks oh, okay. since you looked at me yeah. hey you, you that, did it and i didn't so uh no you totally did it okay. um god damn it now i lost okay um so last week we recorded on a thursday instead of our usual sunday yeah um because brian had to go on a trip and jerk uh typically i do most of my my gaming on like friday and saturday yeah so i hadn't played yakuza yet 
And just like immediately the next day, I was like, fuck you guys. I want to talk about Yakuza. And it's been 10 days now. And it's been, it, it has been, um, <laughs> yeah, it has been Yakuza is so fucking good. Oh my God. Um, so this is the prequel to, um, a series that was largely like the spiritual successor to Shinmu on the dreamcast. Um, it originally started on the PS2, I think in like 2004, 2005. Are you looking for sailors? Was that? Are you looking for sailors? No. You guys are you driving Shenmue? forklifts? Uh, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. That's those are very Shenmue. Yeah, things. yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no, yeah, so th- this is Sega um after Shenmue kind of flopped, they um put those efforts into what became Yakuza, which is a long-running um uh like gang violence uh like it's uh, a crime drama. That's what I was trying to think of. It's like mm-hmm. this, like got like a very like melodramatic, but really good, like single player narrative. And, mm-hmm. um, between those story beats, you explore the open world and you just like randomly stumble upon side missions that are 99.9% of the time, just some of the most absurd, stupid shit you've ever heard of. Right. Um, like, one of the first ones you do is you run into a dominatrix who's very like shy and timid and you teach her how to be more assertive and dominant. And Uh um, you teach her how to do this in a park filled with children while she's wearing her full dominatrix get up. (laughs) And they're like, Ooh lady, I like your pretty clothing. And like, we're sitting there doing this role playing, telling her to like, step on my balls with high high heels or whatever. And these children are like, (laughs) adults are weird. Let's go play. And they just like run off, like just right in front of like these children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go back and uh, she gets, she comes in uh, and has an appointment with her regular customer. Who's been like a little disappointed and she makes Who's you playing? stand in the corner and like hide while like this, like she keeps calling this guy like a dirty pig and he keeps like squealing like a pig. And then like, he notices that you're there. And because earlier I told her like, in, in the situation where like the guy's attention's like divided, like you tell her to tell him like, uh, like keep your eyes on me pig. And so he's like, gets really like more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the like hundred side missions that are in the game. Um, crazy. Yeah. And, and so actually fun fact later, uh, about like a third of the way through the game, it opens up this real estate part of the game where you like, you are buying buildings and like investing like managers and, security guards and uh, advisors there to help like help these businesses bring in more money. And one of the advisors you get is the character known as masochist man who was squealing like a pig to that dominatrix. Um, So all all these side characters (laughs) that you meet in these missions come together. Um, I had this like uh, grandma cougar um, who was like trying to like get down on one of my characters that now it uh, works in a like cabaret club which is like a gentleman's club. So I have this like harassment waiting to happen. Yeah. So I have this like seven year old woman, um, with blue hair working in my, in my club. And like, so, so the, the narrative of these games are really good. Like it's actually like one of the better video game stories I've experienced in quite a while, especially from like a bigger budget game that wasn't like, you know, didn't come from like an, in, an independent developer. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually a, a very good crime drama. And then just in between like 
And like, honestly, like if you just play the story, it is really long cutscene, short fight scene, a really long cutscene, And then you going to the next story point, maybe running into a few people here and there in between. And then a long cutscene, a fight scene and a long cutscene, And like, on its own, it wouldn't work because it's like it's it's a there's actually a lot of dialogue like th- there's a lot of exposition here, hmm. but it's just broken up with these vignettes of this like crazy kooky world and like it's filled with these like really like vibrant and memorable characters and um it's phenomenally written the localization is amazing um and since it is a prequel to the series it's set in like 1988 uh Tokyo and uh Osaka. Mm-hmm. And it just has right. this like, like early, like capitalism in Japan, and like it's like these casinos and bright lights and everything's really like flashy and regal, and it's just something that's so unique and so, uh, like underrepresented in media, at least like Western media. Yeah, and Waypoint had that article that was like uh, from a freelancer that was like Yakuza yeah. Zero is a love letter from a different time. Or something. <laughs> yeah, and. Bless you, Kelsey, or Grace, whoever that was. <laughs> it was a, Bless it was, you, Kelsey. It's not Grace. Okay. Um, I, I just know that Grace was also sick. So yeah, that's true. Throwback to that Snapchat Throwback. she sent me last night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I I'm totally in love with Yakuza. Um, cool. For re- for reference, there's 16 chapters in the story. I just got to chapter nine, and I'm 35 hours into it. Jeez. Damn. It's like I. Like a little like behind the scenes, I was texting um, you guys like when it came out. Like, mm-hmm. man, I don't know about dropping sixty dollars on this game. It doesn't seem like there's enough there. Yeah, and uh, and there's so much. Holy shit, this game! Like, d- just the story mode alone, I think uh, is supposed to take like thirty hours on like a straight playthrough. And I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of side stuff. Yeah, um, I think your your quote was like, "I you okay? I have it pulled up because I just oh, using cool. iMessage on my laptop." He said, I totally hate that Yakuza Zero is sixty dollars, and I hate that I hate it too. It just doesn't feel like a sixty dollar game. So yeah, like that was before you bought it. Yeah, before you no, really I, felt I, it. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it like it like it, so it has like I watched the let's play of it, mm-hmm. and it has what seems like is a like what in a lot of games would be the plot of the game. Um, like you run into like you're you start as like a low level Yakuza member. Who gets framed for murder and um, works his way out of and like it seems like the the plot of the game is trying to work your way out of the yakuza and then that happens pretty early and so just like what I could gather from um, these let's plays of the early game like I what I assumed was the endpoint of the game like story wise was mm-hmm. like was legitimately like the first chapter of sixteen so I I just like the way that it's told like in the way that it builds like it it honestly feels like um like a really good TV show, like a, like a game of Thrones or like a Westworld that like has like a very strong narrative that lasts like an episode or two. And you kind of feel like, Oh man, they, they did a lot of story here in this short amount of time. And like it's building to this big grander thing. Um, huh. Like the, the scope of the story is way bigger than I imagined. Um, hmm. And like the, the side stuff, um, it gets really encumbered by um, a lot of like text box tutorials Right. Um, cause it, like I like 30 hours into it, I just learned a brand new system where, uh, you're running this cabaret club and it's like a, um, quick little like micromanagement, um, 
minigame almost. Yeah. And like they, they introduced that like 30 hours into the game and like it's teased features that are still to come, like where I can switch between the two pre- uh, protagonists in the game. And that's the other thing is that like it's telling two stories like parallel to each other. Okay. Um, and you're hopping between protagonists that have different fight styles. So in the action in the game, you have each character has three fight styles. That's like a um, like a light, quick one, a medium one, and then like a very like strong uh, like brute force kind of centric one. I have a question. Yeah. So you mentioned their fight styles. Yes. What's their fuck styles? Uh, so Kiryu isn't really like horny at all like he's oh, okay. he's he's all business but mm-hmm. majima um majima's really sad but he runs a cabaret club and like he like he talks about like how handsome he was and like mm-hmm. before he got his eye stabbed um so he has a really cool eye patch and like wow. you could tell that that he was um what a bad boy that, that, yeah, that he was kind of a, a bit of a, <laughs> of, of a player but like now he's like in exile and he's in a um he's kind of serving a sentence to the Yakuza right now. And so like, he's so in this like kind of prisoner minds mindset that he doesn't really mm-hmm. do a lot of fucking, but, uh, it's a horny prisoner I, though. You said the, so yeah, they're, so they're fuck styles. Curious, <laughs> probably really boring Maj, Majima. So it, Majima's fight styles. He has his normal thug one, which is just like his middle of the road, whatever his light fighting style is breakdance fighting. Oh, good. So you know, you know his his fuck style. He's a good, wily though. boy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then his heavy style is uh, called Slugger, and he has a, an aluminum yeah. baseball bat oh, that he just beats the shit he's out of people he's with, into, like instruments. And, oh my god! So uh, one of my favorite things is that uh, you run into these two drunk guys fighting, and they're like very belligerent. Like one's like a young guy, and one's an mm-hmm. old guy. And then um, you're just walking around with your buddy, and Kiryu's like, like, oh man, let's just go around them. It's like, no, like these two fuckers are causing a scene. I'm going to go sober them up with my mm-hmm. fists. And then, Holy shit. And then it's Dang. a fight scene. And like, you have these finishing fighting moves that are like, you're smashing their faces into like the concrete. Like, uh, <sighs> like you're like, while they're on the ground, you're running up and kicking them and like launching them like 10, 15 feet while they like spin. Mm-hmm. And then like, you're just brutalizing these guys. And then after right. the fight scene, they just get up and they're stone cold sober. It's like, Oh man, I was really drunk. Huh? And like, like, what were we fighting about? I forgot. And then they like walk off like buddies. And then uh, your buddy's just like, oh, Kiryu, always solving problems with your fists. And then like hmm. just ends the cutscene. And it's just really absurd. And there's a lot of actually like really like sentimental and like really sweet scenes in there. Um, like a side mission where you um, like this production crew is mi- missing their producer and their director's a bit of a diva, and so um, to the crew workers, like, oh, hey, like, we need you to pose as our producer. Like, you look stern and intimidating. Like, all you need to do is stand there. And, like, it's this really, like, weird thing, and it's, like, you're, like, they ask you, like, oh, like, go get the erasable for this scene. And, like, it's over on that table, and you go to a table where there's, like, a knife, a hot plate, um, a plate of, like, meats and cheeses, and an eraser, and mm-hmm. what they want is the, the plate of food, but like you can bring them the eraser and you're like, here you go. Here's your erasable. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and it's like really goofy and dumb. And then afterwards, like you run into like the actual producer and his crew and like you have to fight them because they're all pissy. And then it gets into this like really sweet, sincere moment. The director's like after being a total asshole and diva is like, 
like I knew you weren't a producer from the first thing, but like that's the point of this business. Like you follow your dreams and like if you, if you want to do something, you go do it and you work your ass off to get it done. And like, and, like it, there's just like really sincere, sweet moment after this, like just crazy bullshit. And like, hmm. like I have been in a not so sober myself state of mind and like wept at this game a couple of times to be like completely honest, like oh. um, a mission where you, uh, reunite this child with the game he waited for and also his father just uh-huh. like the little ending moment is like so goddamn like heartbreaking breaking visceral sweet. yeah it's really it's real visceral nice. like yeah like I know it's fucking February and that game of the year shit is dumb but like I honestly don't know how a game is gonna like resonate with me more than Yakuza like good like I I would recommend Yakuza to just about anybody. Like it's um, the the one complaint I have about it is that like whenever you go back to Kiryu for the first time, because you play two chapters with one protagonist, two with the other, and then you go back, and at a certain point you can switch at will. Mm-hmm. So it'd be chapter five then when you go back to being Kiryu. Like there's an insane difficulty spike. Oh weird! Like combat just gets really hard, and uh, and then you go back to being Majima and then it's totally fine. And I've, mm-hmm. I've gone back again to Kiryu and then, yeah, it's fine still, but there's just like this really weird peak in difficulty where like, um, you're usually fighting multiple people at once, like four or five dudes. And like, it would just be like, you couldn't get anything in. Like you'd need to like yeah. dodge and run around, like kind of just run and clock one dude and passing and like, yeah, like hope to survive it. And, uh, it was just a really weird brief period, but that's the biggest complaint I have about the game. Is it scaling a difficulty based off of like what level your other character is? Um, no, because it would have been my character who was more leveled up actually. Um, so part of it is that it is a bit n- like neighborhood specific, depending on what area of the open world you're in. Um, oh, got you. There's different districts, and there's like, and and those will have scaling difficulty, and then um, and it does the cool thing where that like. I love about Dark Souls and I kind of miss from uh, Neo is that uh, money is your experience in this game. Um, so your currency and your experience points are the same uh, like unit. So like you spend yen to gain abilities and gain levels. Um, where in Dark Souls you use souls to buy equipment and level up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like aside from that, like I just been totally enamored with it. The story's really good. Um, like it's a, a really good serious like crime drama, cool. um, with a, a lot of really good characters and like, um, I, I, a lot of times I feel like it's hard to really, especially in video games, kind of get emotion through characters who are like speaking a foreign language and you're reading subtitles. Unless you're playing a David Cage game, yeah, um, <laughs> because this game is entirely it, in Japanese. Emotion um, and respect. Yeah, it, it's the the voice acting is pretty stellar too um cool yeah like i yeah i never would have expected yakuza to have been like my favorite game of the year so far like that's awesome yeah i I can't remember anything last year like think of the few games that i like truly loved last year like i love them for different reasons like i never really play games like this like just like kind of beat them up action games um and now i've kind of learned that's a bit reductive to what Yakuza actually is, but uh, yep, yeah, Yakuza is phenomenal. Can't wait to borrow it one day. But we should move yeah. into hot takes. Hot takes. Um, Bare Naked Ladies is good. That's all. Yeah, 
Actually, capital G, good. Yeah, capital G, good. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove is the best Disney movie. Fucking crazy. Um, I might say The Lion King. I think The Lion King might be better. Just a little bit. Are, are we including Pixar? Uh, no. I'm inclined to say no. Okay. Because, yeah, if, if, if my next question would have been, if, that, uh, if yes, does Studio Ghibli count? Cause mm, they, no, because they, they license... No. Yeah. They Japanese um, AF. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'd, I'd even say like Zootopia, because that was uh, Disney a, Animation Studios. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, good movie, but it's no Lion King. It's no Empress no. Groove. Um, Merry yeah, fuck. Merry Christmas, Little Mama is better than Coloring Book. Okay. Gibberish. I can't <laughs> gibberish to Brian. <laughs> I uh, I might be inclined to agree, but once uh. Once like Christmas Christmas is done, I can't go back and listen to Christmas music. Oh, see, I'm I'm still in it. Good for you. It's, it's almost it March, out, but uh. yeah, <laughs> it's almost Christmas. You're saying so. What what should have been on there but wasn't was uh, Jingle Barack from Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's right. That was pretty good. I forgot yeah. about that. I bet um, NBC owns that though. So. Oh yeah, they definitely do. But uh, no, like I. For whatever reason, those like eight songs just like for me, coloring book has a few songs that I skip. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, Little Mama doesn't. Well, there you go. Little yeah. Mama. We did it, guys. We casted a pod. We played did the it. games. We talked played, about the games. We played the video I'm, game and casted a pod about it. Yeah. I, I'm glad we did you kids the last because I would have, I, I could go on about that game for a long time. I did. Yes, but. you can. That's okay. We have it's to good. like, we have to get, get that out, out, out there every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, thank you guys. Um, not you guys. I don't care about you guys. But thank you listeners for listening to this show. It's called Fans of the Genre. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. And speaking of iTunes, please rate us there. It helps others discover the show. But more importantly, tell your friends about it. Um, you can I follow- think I wrote a review. I, I don't. I, I know that oh. that's a gray area, but I, it was, it was a funny. When we have like three reviews, it's... yeah. I wrote us a review too. I'm Arkham Yogurt on uh, Apple for some reason. Um, I, I need to see if I did because I, I remember writing one. I don't know if I actually like posted yeah. it. Anyway, um, follow us on Twitter at fans of genre uh, or on Facebook at fb.me slash fans of the genre. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rhodes Clark. I'm at Brian T. Swanson. I'm at Mikey Krieger. Uh, that's going to do it. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you to John Bash for recording yeah. and, and uh, yeah, we, composing yeah. original music for us um really last good. week was the yeah. the first time we debuted it um and we didn't address I, it so i, I felt didn't address it because i because yeah because I, I i added it kind of last minute we anyway um yeah. yeah but you can find him at um uh john bash.com <laughs> j-o-n yeah j-o-n bash.com where you can find music that he's written for movies he and a group of friends and musicians did like an entire Final Fantasy cover album, uh, which is awesome. Oh, shit. And yeah, you can contact him there if you want good music. And thank you, John Bash, for, for writing stuff for us. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for me. Um, do we still don't have an outro? Um, we're workshopping it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
We got a review from someone called Thick Dad. <laughs> <laughs>